Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterward, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. This is Dana Street, and I'm here with Jean Stockdale, our friend Roz Martin, and Donna's joining us by phone today. We're excited to be back together again in our study, This Present Kingdom, the disruptive message of the Sermon on the Mount. In this week's passage, Matthew 6, 1 through 8, Jesus is teaching us what it looks like to have his righteousness invade our intentions and our motives. And he addresses two areas in particular, giving and prayer. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, Ross, we are so excited to have you here today. For those of you who do not know Ross Martin, she is the wife to Julian and the mom to James and Joshua, who I looked up their ages. They're both 10 years old right now. That is a story within itself because they are not twins. And Roz leads one of our small groups here on Tuesday morning. Well, thanks for having me today. Excited to be here. Roz, we are so delighted to have you with us. You are such an example to all of us in giving and serving. And we will get to that in a moment. But Jean, thank you for your powerful message. Yes. And I love the phrase, the secret place of his presence. You oh. so beautifully developed that. Thank you. Oh, Donna, it was such a joy to bring that message. As I worked on it this week, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had that phrase running through my mind. I had not realized really in previous study I've done on the Sermon on the Mount, I didn't realize that phrase showed up in the section that I taught today and you'll be teaching uh, next week, The Secret Place. I just love that. I did too. And, you know, I went back and looked at the passage in Matthew chapter 6, talks about going into the secret place when we pray. And it literally says in Matthew 6, 6, and the Father who is in secret will see. And I love that, that he is there waiting for us in secret. And that's when we get to experience him in such intimacy in a way that we don't get to corporately. We hear his voice speaking to us corporately, just as we heard the Lord speaking through you this morning to us. But he has specific messages for us in his word and through his spirit when we intentionally go into that secret place and spend time just with him. Oh, you are so right, Donna. And it should urge us to do it more often, more faithfully and linger longer, knowing that he's in the secret place waiting on us. I love that picture that you had this morning of just being hidden in Christ in that secret place just like Moses was hidden there in the cleft. Oh, that was so beautiful, just picturing ourselves in that place, hidden in Christ. And especially in the culture we're living in and in this pandemic, I was just blessed. Like I said, I I was thinking, who can I call to teach this lesson to? That we are hidden. We're hidden away in Christ. No matter what comes, what happens, we are hidden in Christ. I absolutely love that truth. And I love the fact that you called it also the sacred practice of giving. Mm. Uh, it was a beautiful alliteration. Mm. I just mm. had to say that. <laughs> I do morning. love alliteration. Yeah. Yes. 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 You, did that. you did that beautiful. But the, the sacred practice of giving and the secret place of prayer, because both of those things really speak to the holiness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that holiness is when we're like Christ. That's the whole idea is that we are to be becoming like Christ. Mm. It's about a relationship drawing us in Mm. to his likeness. 
and it's a process and it takes time. And we sometimes it's two steps forward and three steps back, but we make that progress with him in our relationship. And that's just part of the beauty of following after Jesus. Yes, You know, yes. it's not about following a bunch of rules. It mm-hmm. is about following Jesus. That personal relationship. And as we draw into him, as we lean into him, oh, the riches of himself that he reveals to us. Like Donna said, the father's waiting in the secret place because he wants to meet with us. He wants to fellowship with us and share the deep things of the Lord with us. You know, Jean, I love that you brought Jennifer Kennedy Dean in. Her book, Altered, is so good. She also has another book on prayer um, called Live a Praying Life, which is also fabulous. In fact, I think Carolyn Higginbotham introduced me to have a praying, uh, to live a praying life. That was one of her favorite books. But that idea of living an altered life, of offering ourselves up every day as a living sacrifice is such a great concept. And of course, offering ourselves once again, lends itself to spending that time with him in the secret place where we offer ourselves to him as that living sacrifice. Yes, I got to hear her. In fact, she spoke here to the women at Bellevue. It's a number of years back. And I was so impacted by her message and went and got her books and have read them. I've read Altered over and over and I'm starting over it again because I too love that truth of taking the word alter as a noun and turning it into a verb and applying it to living the altered life. And you know, the emphasis over and over in the Sermon on the Mount is it's all about our heart. It's about what is on the inside. And you know, as I was thinking about it this week, I thought, you know, here's the truth. What we let grow on the inside is what is going to come out. We can either pluck the weeds out or we can let the weeds stay. But any, any way we go about it, If we allow things to stay there that God doesn't want there, they're going to come out. But if we water the things that are like Jesus, the same is true. Mm. Those things are what is going to come out of us. And so it is, like you said this morning, and like I said in the intro, it's learning to live to an audience of one. Yes. Yes. And it's possible to do something good and right, but with the wrong motive. In other words, we can make our flesh act right. We can dress it up and parade it out and allow it, cause it to do the right thing, but for the wrong motive. And Donna brought that out several weeks ago. Her phrase was, it goes much deeper than that, about the heart condition. Mm -hmm. This is all about the heart condition. When the heart is set upon the Lord, then all the activity of our life flows out of that changed heart. And, you know, in the lesson this week, uh, Angie Wilson, by the way, wrote the lesson. She did a super job of really developing that. And she talked about vainglory. And we can either pursue vainglory, which is the need to have others think well of us in order for us to feel worthy, or we can pursue God's glory, living to the audience of one. But you can't do both. We have to make a choice. That's exactly right. And I love her quote about the inner life, that it's transformed by abiding in Christ and Him in us when we begin to do supernatural acts naturally. I love that because when we're abiding in Him and He is in us, what is of the Spirit is what begins to flow out of us. In fact, I was talking to my daughter, Lindsay, recently about that because Jesus said rivers of living water would flow forth from our innermost being, but we can quench that flow through our flesh, through sin. 
saying it's kind of like you were talking about when you're talking about we can water the weeds or water the, the good the good plants of the Lord, but we'll sometimes have to go in and pull up some of those weeds. We have to pull out some of that sin that prevents the Spirit from flowing freely through us. And once we do that, He's able to release that river of living water that absolutely transforms us from the inside out. And then that water splashes on others, which flows into the whole idea of giving giving ourselves away, giving ourselves to the Lord in prayer, giving ourselves to Him in fasting as we look at in chapter 6, but especially in giving and prayer. When we think about that this week and literally giving ourselves away. Amen. You know, one of the things that has really helped me in my prayer life is, well, there, I would say there are two things. First of all, to really read some great books on mm-hmm. prayer. Donna, years ago, you introduced me to Sylvia Gunter and her Prayer Portions books. And that is a massive book on prayer, but oh my goodness, the riches that are in that book. But I probably, she has a smaller book called Prayers for the Family. I bet I have given away 30, 40 of those over the past 20 years because of just the instruction on how to pray. And so books like that have really impacted my life. Another book um, is one that Angie mentioned, which is Secrets of the Secret Place by Bob Sorge. Oh, my. That is just, I can remember us reading that probably, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago together. And what a super book that that was. The other thing that has really impacted my prayer life is envisioning the Father just sitting there with me having a conversation with him. Because in fact, as we are following after Jesus, as we are learning from Jesus how to pray, you think about it. Jesus just had conversations with his father. Mm. Mm. And that's what we are supposed to do. It is not like you said this morning. It's not about fancy words. It is about our posture. It's about the posture of our heart and sometimes the posture of our physical body as we, as God leads us. But sometimes it's just simply sitting in his presence. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the things I've loved about this study is that in the workbook brought out this, the discipline of silence and solitude, learning how to sit quietly in his presence without asking for anything, without bringing your list of petitions, just relishing the quiet space with him. I've loved that. And even in that, one of the things that I have learned about intercession is when I'm praying for someone, try to picture them there Mm. with me while I am actually praying for them. And here's the deal. You know, even in the deepest places of our heart as we are interceding for others, the Holy Spirit really is the one that knows how to to pray for those loved ones. And with his groanings, he prays. So sometimes just bringing them into that place of prayer with us and the Holy Spirit, just letting him intercede for us at the throne. Um, And there's just something, there's a release in that that keeps ourself and our flesh out of our prayers. Have you ever found that your prayers can become very fleshly? Oh, absolutely. I mean, sometimes I just, I hear myself talking to the Lord and I go, that was the most selfish thing ever. I'm not really sure that the Lord heard that. And if he did, I really don't think I wanted to hear that because that is evidence of our own flesh at the time. So sometimes it's just even being quiet, just saying, Lord, you know what this loved one of mine Mm. needs. Would you meet them there? at the point of their needs. 
And like I said this morning, we all need the healing presence of the Lord in some area in our life, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, we need his presence meeting us at the point of our need. And sometimes the Lord prompts us to pray for someone and we really do not know what the need is. And I'm so grateful the scripture teaches the spirit of God is able to take our feeble effort and twist it, present it in an acceptable way before the Father. For he knows, uh, as we read today, he knows. He sees in secret and he knows. That is so true. You know, it's when we're with him in the secret place too that he then begins to commission us to serve and to give and to get in on advancing his kingdom. And Roz, that's where we want to pull you in because you are very intentional, you and Julian both, very intentional in your marriage, in your parenting, in your service to the church Mm -hmm. and to the community. So I just want to commend you for that. Thank you. Thank you for your example. There are a lot of younger women who are watching you and us older women too and are encouraged by you. But just share a little bit, Roz, I know you were raised doing this. So this is part of your heritage and something that you are intentionally passing on to your boys. So would you tell us a little bit of the story and, and why giving and serving is so important? Sure. Thank you all so much for having me here. And like you said, I do definitely need to thank our parents. Julian's uh, parents were pastors in West Tennessee for many years, and my family has served in numerous parachurch um, opportunities here in the city. So we have grown up serving our city, being givers. Actually, that's one of my spiritual gifts is giving my husband and myself. So it comes naturally, but we do have to parent with a purpose. And that's what I believe the Lord has called me outside of education is to parent with a purpose. And our first family service opportunity happened when our boys were three and four. Actually, I just wrote out on Facebook, hey, does anybody have any service opportunities? And actually a life group here at church was serving Thanksgiving Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving day at a retirement community. And I know one of my boys was serving rolls. He had on adult-sized gloves that just swallowed his hands. And my other son was serving a dessert. And I have pictures of that to remind them this is our first family opportunity. And, and what ages again were they? They were three and four. And I have a picture by the time we were done in 45 minutes an hour, they were asleep, basically. They had worked their little hearts out. They had served those roles and just did it with an attitude of service. And from then, I joined another group, and we did things in the community where we went to nursing home and visited patients there. We made Valentine cards. Uh, We made patient waiting gifts for St. Jude patients, back-to-school supplies, things like that. In the last several years, we've done like the Salvation Army Bell, Meals on Wheels for elderly homebound people. The Neighborhood Christian Center has offered a lot of opportunities for us. And like I said, I do post a lot on social media, but it's all to glorify the name of the Lord. And I always make sure that, you know, it's not about us. My motive is to bring honor and glory to the Lord. And then a lot of people would say, oh, that's so nice. Can you tell me about it? So during COVID, the Lord laid on my heart, let me just start an online group by invitation only because I didn't want everybody in there, only people that wanted to be there. And we named the group Simple Hands. And the mission of Simple Hands is to serve our community with simple acts of service using our simple hands based on Ephesians 6, 7, and 8. And basically that verse just says that we're not doing it for others. We're rendering service uh, for the Lord's uh, glory. It has just been such a blessing how we've just done so many things. Recently, we did hygiene kits for the Bible club that we do through Arise to Read. The children there, they are precious, precious children, but the resources are low. 
and we were just going to do one for that ministry site with about 50 children and the overwhelming response. We had enough to do kits for five ministry sites. And it's just people want to serve with their family. They just don't know. And so I just felt like the Lord was using me as a resource to be giving to those in need because there's a huge mission field in Memphis. And so basically that's in this season of my life to just parent with purpose and to make sure that I do what the Lord has had me to do is to train up my boys or us to train up our boys so that we talk about the Lord when we're rising up, when we're going to sleep, wherever we go, because we want to bring honor and glory to his name. Amen. Well, I love that phrase, parenting with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ross, that is just absolutely beautiful. I, I just commend you for doing that because you're making that a part of your boy's DNA. It's going to be a part of who they are as they mature and become men and have their own families one day. I know recently I teach an 11th grade girls class and one of my co-teachers, Taylor, had a little girl, Elise, about three months ago. And so the weekend of Catalyst, we wanted to celebrate Elise because of COVID and the holidays. We had not gotten to do that. We hadn't had a baby shower. So we were going to have a baby shower on Saturday evening after Catalyst. And Taylor said, you know, we really have everything we need. I would love to build giving into Elise's DNA. So I would like, if the girls don't mind, if they would bring gifts for One by One, which is a ministry for single mothers, and we'll donate those gifts to One by One. Well, the girls outdid themselves. I mean, the back of my SUV was full of items for One by One. And so we took pictures of Taylor with little Elise and all these gifts, and I was able to deliver them to One by One and send a picture of ladies who serve at One by One back to Taylor for her to include in Elise's baby book. And I just love that because not only did it give our 11th grade girls an opportunity to serve and see a teacher who says, you know what, I have enough to meet our basic needs. I'd like to bless someone else. Not often that we hear people do that. That's <laughs> that precious. Is awesome. Precious. You know, one of the things about giving, though, is that our gifts, the things that we give are tiny echoes of God's ultimate gift. And that's his son, Jesus. Every time we give something to someone, it's just a little reminder of what God gave. And that's when we see our spiritual discipline of giving, when we use that discipline of giving, that's how it begins to really work and transform our lives, making us more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm just thinking about those boys being raised in that atmosphere and the influence and impact that it will have for years to come, generations to come. And then I also love that you and your husband make sure you have a date lunch on Fridays. I love that. That's a precious, precious thing for your boys to know as well, that um, (laughs) the two of you love one another and love the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you each for your godly examples that has really been a blessing to me for the past 10 years since we've been here. So, Praise the Lord. Well, and we want to thank you also for pouring your life into younger moms, those, those that you are going to really, in fact, I have said it numerous times, where was Roz when I was raising two boys? <laughs> <laughs> I really used some help along the way, some ideas. Um, so I am so excited to think about the impact your life is having on those young girls who are in the stage before you. Many of them are coming in with strollers on Tuesday morning and babies and, you know, and they come in and they see you and they are so blessed 
by you and your encouragement of them. So thank you so very much, Ross. No problem. And they bless me by their faithfulness as well. It's precious, precious to say. Yes, it is. You know, sometimes I want to give. I think like most people, Roz, you were saying, even with the organization or the group that you started, um, people want to give. They just need somebody to make it simple for them and give them opportunities. And that is one of the things that our Bellevue Mission Department and Ministry has done for us through Pathways with partners all across the city. And so I would encourage any of you who are listening to go to Bellevue.org slash missions. And look at the pathways of service that you can get involved in all across our city. We have so many partners that you can come in alongside, and there are many practical ways that you can serve. So if you need some ideas, which I do, I'm always looking for good creative ways to kind of stir me and give me a a path to be able to minister. Check out Bellevue.org slash missions or follow Roz Martin on Facebook. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today for the afterword. We are just blessed by you being here with us and hope that this week you will take some time, designate some time to practice the gift of giving, that spiritual discipline to give. It doesn't have to be anything monetary. Some of the best gifts that I've ever received are gifts of words or service like Roz had so many examples there. So I encourage you to do that and look forward to hearing about what God is doing in your life. The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org women.